You are listening to the Bright Life Podcast, all about ways to stay inspired, chase your dreams, and find more gratitude in the highs and lows of the journey. I'm your host, Jessica Johnson. I'm a business owner, a part-time digital nomad, a self-growth junkie, a believer in other big-hearted women, and am all about sharing tips, tricks, lessons learned, and encouragement so we can all live our biggest, brightest lives. You ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Bright Life Podcast. I have an amazing guest today. Amanda Neely is the founder of Grandma's Wealth Wisdom, a business podcast and YouTube channel dedicated to helping people return to solid financial strategies, take charge of their cash flow, and leverage their assets. She works with individuals, couples, and entrepreneurs to find their unique path to financial freedom. And I'm so excited to have her here because she's going to share with us more about how you, whatever stage you are in, can feel really solid in your financial strategy, can prepare for the future, and can really create your brightest life with your finances as a solid foundation. So welcome, Amanda. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jessica. It's such a pleasure. Now, can you share some of your story and bring us into what led you to this financial sector? Yeah. So I actually, this is my second business. My first business, I started, wrote the business plan. I think I was 25 years old when I wrote that out and actually maybe even 24, pretty young and went after it, um, made it happen. And then a couple years into like full-fledged, full-time, my husband and I both in it, we realized just how on the edge of complete and utter, you know, financial chaos, bankruptcy, you know, losing everything. We really were. And we started working with a financial professional and walked back from that edge. We ended up being able to sell that business, um, learned a ton along the way. And when we were thinking, well, what's our next thing? We can't go work for somebody else now that we've gotten a taste for entrepreneurship. (laughs) how do we keep making the world a better place, keep doing something we love? And we thought about what that guy, his name's Mark, our financial professional, what he had done for us. And we're like, what if we did that for other people? And so we explored it and we're like, yeah, we could totally do this. We love talking to people, helping them figure out paths forward to toward you know the life that they really want to live and making sure their money aligns with that path. And Uh, We've been doing it for four and a half years now, and it's turned out to be a passion and a a purpose that we never knew that would provide so much joy and so much impact in other people's lives as well. So true what you said about even experiencing it for yourself gives you such a compassion and perspective for anyone else who's in that position. And then even that training of here's how you get out of being on that edge And seeing it in real life, even though it was probably hard in some ways to have to practice on yourself, just knowing that it's possible and knowing the transformation it can make, I'm sure makes it that much more filling working with clients and helping them do the same. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So what advice would you have for someone who is thinking about starting their own business? Um, Financially, what should they be thinking about? What should they be doing right now? Yeah. 
business plans are sometimes fun to write. You know, you get to create your vision, talk about your goals, how you're going to get to those. And most people struggle the most when they get to the financial side of the business plan. How, what, how do the numbers align? How are we going to forecast, project? And if you go to those kind of how to start a business type books or courses, they have these really complicated spreadsheets, you know, cash flow statements, yep. um, expectations of what you might bring to the table, like if you're going to be pitching for funding, that kind of thing. But for most of us in 2022 that are starting businesses, we're not going to be going to a bank to ask for money. We don't need those kind of complicated statements. But we do need to make sure we have a clear idea of some of the almost the ground rules for ourselves of what we want our money to be doing for us so that we can go after where we're going. And so Mm -hmm. the first step is actually to get clear on where are you going, get as much clarity as you can of what is this business you're creating? What does it look like when you've created it? What are some of the steps you need to take to get there, kind of the non-financial side? And then just sit back and say, okay, well, what does my money need to do to make this a reality? What kind of um, attributes of the financial products that I'm going to choose? What kind of attributes do they need to have? How much needs to be in those places? What does the flow look like? And how can I make sure that that flow works in my favor? Um, And some of those ideas. And then you find the financial products. You find the ways, you know, to, to do money that matches what you're already thinking about rather than vice versa. And then you have to do the ongoing, well, is this working? The ongoing check-ins. I um, very, when I started actually getting serious about the financial side of things, I put every Friday checking in, how is the flow going? Am I making progress? And it became a regular rhythm. And as I got more practice, I was able to move it to every other week. And now it's twice a month. I, you know, the 10th and 25th, I'm looking at how's the flow going? Am I getting closer to how I'm doing? What adjustments do I need to make? And I've actually made it into a rhythm of life that I'm not depending on an accountant or someone else to do for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so important. And one of the things that I love that you touch on as well is how, um, and the way you just describe it too, it's almost like money is the thing that enables you to go and create or do whatever you want in your life, right? It starts to sound like this um, resource and enabler of this life you want to live. And so can you touch on what really helps change even your money mindset? I'm sure we all come with different beliefs about money, um, but what are some of the things that really helped you um, to to see it in such a positive light, you know, when there's, when there could be other beliefs out there. Yeah. So uh, let me take you back to the couple <laughs> years into our first business moment when we had, we had this passion, we had this dream. Uh, the business we had started was a local independent coffee shop. It was organized for a social mission prior to making a profit. We had to do good by the coffee farmers and like support our community and, you know, do some grassroots community development kind of work. And we poured everything into it. We kept a little bit in a savings account just as a cushion, but we basically lived off the tips from the tip jar. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know exactly where this thought came across my mind. I don't know who inspired it or what, 
But I got to this point where I had this phrase that you can't solve poverty from the edge of poverty yourself. Mm. Or that if if you can, it's going to be a lot harder. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So kind of that negative idea like, well, if I really want to solve poverty, I need to make sure I'm not going to be in poverty, right? I start with me, the man in the mirror kind of idea. And so that started me to figure out like, well, how do I make sure I'm never poor? And asking that question, I realized I actually need to build more wealth, um, have more stability, have this foundation in my life that, you know, no matter what the worst that could happen happens, I know I'm not going to be out on the street, you know, um, or, you know, uh, not having anything there to support me, no safety nets, right? Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking, well, now if I've done that for myself, how do I do that for the immediate people around me? How do I overflow now from, actually, that was the name of our coffee shop, um, Overflow. And so I started thinking, like, how do I now overflow that to friends, family, my immediate community? And I realized, actually, I'm going to need to have some wealth to back them up too, be their safety net if they ever need it. Or, you know, even just to give them unexpected gifts that help alleviate some of the stress in their lives. And then from there, you know, how do I do this for my city? How do I do this for my state? I realized if I'm going to live a life that's generous and ends poverty through, you know, voting with my dollar and the purchases that I make in how I, you know, leave a legacy for the next generations, how I donate to nonprofits, I'm actually going to need to have a considerable amount yeah. of wealth. And that um, kind of thinking outside myself gave me permission to be okay with that. And then that kind of opened up the doors to, well, and I could help this person in this way. And, you know, as I've now, I, you know, have helped people build wealth that I don't even, I can't even count in terms of the number of clients that we have and the amount of wealth that they're building um, in the work that they're doing with us. And then with what the work they're doing with us allows them to do. I know that I'm helping, I, I tell them all the time, I can't guarantee you'll ever be rich, but we're going to work our hardest to make sure that you're never poor and that you're able to help others never be poor. And that's an amazing way to go about ending poverty um, in a way that I didn't think was possible. I thought it was all through charity or through direct trade, that kind of thing in the past. Yeah. How empowering to realize that it can start with you and then another person you know, and just that ripple effect of seeing that in everyone's lives that you've touched. That's amazing. And it's really fulfilling too, because I can believe like the coffee I purchase is going to help that coffee farmer, but I might never meet them. And yet, you know, the person that I'm working uh, on a consistent basis with for weeks and then for months and years on end, I'm going to see that tangibly for them and for their family and for their neighbors and their community um, a lot more likely that way too. So true. Yeah. Very fulfilling. It sounds like. And what about like for people who are either self-employed or who are thinking of it and maybe have a dream one day, why should they be so focused on their financial journey, perhaps, you know, as a starting place, right? Like we all have the dream and, and the vision and sometimes that pulls us, but why should the financial financial part go hand in hand with that? Yeah. So I, let's use the um, 
the freelance writer as an example. Okay. <laughs> um, there are certain tools that you know that you need as a freelance writer, right? You need somewhere to write, probably um, more likely a computer than a typewriter. You might invest in a special keyboard to help you write more quickly. You might have certain editing software that you purchase or certain word, you know, word processing uh, software. You might invest in uh, tools like books or education that you want that can help you become a better writer. Money is a similar tool that you're able to use to make some of those investments, but also to make sure that it's providing what you what you really need and want, right? It's giving you some of that stability that you can have more freedom to write when and how you want to because you know you've got this foundational wealth over here, right? It becomes, I love to think of money as the tool. It's not the end-all be-all. It's the thing that helps you become and go where you really want to go. And having that mindset about it, then you can decide um, almost like a Marie Kondo type thing, the art of tidying up, if you're familiar mm -hmm. with her, you can look okay. at what your money is doing, where all the things are, and you can say, is this giving me joy? Is this helping me a, be a better freelance writer? Is this helping me fulfill uh, the freedom that I, I set out on this journey for and kind of hold it in your heart, hold it in your body, you know, um, you can't really hold maybe that product in your hand. Let's say it's a brokerage account mm -hmm. or something, um, but you could hold it in your body and you can kind of say, well, is this bringing me joy? Is this helping me get where I want to go? And if it's not, then you start looking for what could. And thinking of money in that way um, can be really helpful. I actually invite people to pull up a list of their expenses for the last month and go through them like Marie Kondo would have people go through their homes hold it in your body and see, does this bring me joy or frustration? What emotion does it bring up? And if it's not joy, then let's think about how we can eliminate or transition that so that it could bring more joy into your life. And then the ones that are bringing joy, let's celebrate those and give them prime place, maybe fuel more money into those things rather than have those cut off by the things that aren't bringing joy. I love that practice. And I think so many people listening can picture what Marie Kondo has done even for their homes and their closets. And so I love applying that even to money and just feeling through everything. How does it feel? Does it bring joy? And that's such a tangible starting place. What about, you know, one of the things that I feel like can be intimidating in the financial space is there's just so much information that it can sometimes feel for me hard to even know where to begin. So for anyone listening who's like, okay, yes, I'm on board with this. I'm starting to see the importance here. What are some ways they can even begin to educate themselves financially? Yeah, I feel this. I had um, a Susie Orman book when I was in my early 20s. And anytime I had a financial decision to, to make, I would just go and do whatever Susie told me to do. <laughs> and I came to find out later that that might not necessarily be the best thing. Most people now, they just go to Google, right? Whatever and, um, they find on Google. But then they realize there's actually competing information here, things that contradict each other. 
And so I've actually developed a filter that I love to use. It's called the STILL method, S-T-I-L-L method. And it acts as a filter. Uh, that It's an acronym. The S starts for set your sights. Know where you're going. Reconnect with that vision, that ultimate values and purpose to your life in general. And then, and only then, turn to the money side. So the T is track your in and out, see what's going in and coming out of your financial life over the last two weeks or the last month or so. Just kind of notice the inflow and outflow. That's where you kind of get the bringing me joy or not and kind of reflect that way. And then the I is inspect the progress. See, is that in and out, the the tracking that you've done, is that getting you closer to or further away from where you've set your sights? And just not, no judgment, no decisions here. You're just noticing, hey, this seems to be getting me further away or closer to where I ultimately want to go, how, what I'm doing now. And then you start to look for the 1% adjustment. That's the first L. Look for the 1% adjustment, the small tweak you might do to get you closer to your where you're going, that small change to your financial life that can uh, make all the difference in the trajectory toward where you set your sights. And that um, can be hard to find, but I believe there's a lot in our intuition, in our logic, and what we already know that if we're clear on where we're going, we have a good pulse on what we're currently doing and if it's getting us further away or closer to, we're gonna we're gonna have a pretty good inkling of what that one percent adjustment looks like. And then and only then do you move on to the final L, which is live deliberately. We actually go and do that thing, right? You might then look up how do you and fill in that one percent adjustment that you found. And you're going to find much different information than if you're just looking how to achieve financial freedom, right? You're going to find more specific things that are specific to what change you're trying to make. And you'll be more likely to weigh the pros and cons of even conflicting advice because you're going to know where you're going and you're going to know the specifics of your situation to know if this is more, more or less likely to work for you um, or not. So you're able to take more calculated risk that way. And then you try it out. It's only a one-person adjustment, so you're not likely going to totally destroy your entire <laughs> financial trajectory by trying it out. And then the key is you come back and you do it all over again. You start back with remembering where you're going, where you set your sights, and then you keep going through that. You do it on a regular basis. I do mine about twice a month still, and it, I always find an adjustment I can make to get closer to where I want to go. That makes it so clear and it feels almost like I feel my shoulders relax even hearing that because you're like, you love a good framework, right? But then the other part too is that it's so tailored to each person. So it's almost this framework to work within versus being this one-step strategy. It's like, this is all about you and your goals and starting from that place of what you want to build in your own life too. Yeah. And then if you have another framework that you love. Like I use a budgeting software called You Need a Budget and they have like four rules of budgeting. I can fit that into my still method practice. And when I'm doing my tracking in and out, I'm using their four rules to budget. And that's what that looks like for me. Or for our business, we use a concept called profit first where it helps us manage the cash flow within our business. 
when I'm doing the still method on my business, I can plug that into um, where I'm tracking my in and out because it's really my cash flow method. And so I, I, what I, I kind of intentionally created this still method to be adaptable so that if you already have a favorite way of doing things, if you already have, say, baby steps that you're going through or something like that, you can tie them into and they might even work better when they're part of this Mm -hmm. larger um, where you're tapping into your overall goals and your why before you get into more of the tangible dollars and cents of things. So there's kind of room for all the things you already love and it might even enhance the whole process overall. Exactly. Now, I have one kind of last question and then I want to people to know where they can get in touch with you. But I think one of the parts that's really interesting and beautiful about your story is even what you mentioned with your coffee shop and how social impact was such a huge part of your mission. So can you share some ways that we can be thoughtful about the social impact of how we use our money? Because I think a lot of us really do want to do good in the world with money. Oh, I have so many ideas. We had to do a full podcast episode on this one on our show and we had to tailor it down significantly. You you hit a hot button for me. Could talk about this (laughs) for days. Because, you know, when I was first signing up for my first retirement account at that first corporate type job, I had a hard time picking what investments I was going to make. And then, you know, um, how how we spend our money um, in terms of the products that we're purchasing and where they're coming from and how the people are being treated all along the supply chain makes a, a big difference in the companies that we support and how they're sourcing their products. The And each person is going to have their own difference they want to make in the world and, you know, supporting charities that are making that difference if that's the way to go is important. Um, if there are companies that are doing that with a through more of a capitalist type way, let's support those. Um, you kind of have to know what's the difference you're trying to make. And then, you know, for me, that's to end poverty. I'm going to choose trade over aid, but I'm not going to not do aid. I'm, I'm just going to make that a smaller portion of what I do because I want to you know, teach people how to fish rather than just give them fish. Mm -hmm. But for people that are really need to fish today, I want to provide a little bit of that for them too. And so if yours is something different, maybe it's ending human trafficking, that's being done a lot more with nonprofits today than it is with some more capitalistic business ventures. But there are a few out there that are doing some really good work. And you can, you can have a lot of fun that way. And you know, looking for what is that change you want to make? And then how can you customize your dollars toward that change? And being targeted and focused that way can make a bigger difference and provide you a lot more fulfillment along the way. Because then let's say you choose one nonprofit you're going to go all in on, you're going to hear back from them, you're going to see the results of the work that you and all the other people that are supporting that nonprofit are doing. Or if it's a, say, a, a business venture, like a, a social enterprise, and you're buying from them, you're going to see them grow. You're going to become part of their story. You're going to see better how to help them make the impact. It can be a lot more um, fun that way, too, not just impactful to kind of have that targeted, focused effort. Yeah, you see the compound more than kind of spreading it so thin that you never feel like you're making a dent, but to be like, this is our cause and this is what we're 
you know, this is where we're giving the bulk of our money and just seeing that grow over time probably is very fulfilling and then fun, like you say, too, to see that add up. Yeah. And uh, thanks for using a financial word there, compounding. (laughs) Never, never doubt the power of uninterrupted compound interest for sure. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's right. So for people who want to get in touch and maybe work with you or listen to your podcast or watch your YouTube and educate themselves on their financial futures, where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, the very pla- best place to go is stillmethod.com. So you can get that Still Method playbook. You can start using it right away. Try it out. See if it works for you at stillmethod.com. And then if you're wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find the Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast where you can learn more about the value that content uh, that we're giving out into the world to help people break through to smart, stable financial futures. Of course, we're on YouTube. If you just look up Wealth Wisdom Financial, you'll find us there too. Thank you so much for being here. I'm even more excited now to go dive into these things. So I'm sure everyone else will be too. But thank you again for your time. Thanks, Jessica. Such a pleasure um, to be here. And I'd, I look forward to how, where our relationship will go from here. If this episode resonated with you, I have two things you are going to love. One is a Bright Life workbook full of practices you can use to get clear on what your version of your brightest life looks like and fearlessly move towards it every day. And another is a copywriter starter kit full of beginning steps to create a copywriting business that gives you the freedom to travel the world working from anywhere, to replace a corporate salary as your own boss, and to do creative work that lights you up every day. It's lessons I've learned in creating my own content business, and I'm excited to share it with you if you're curious about doing the same. I will link these in the show notes. I hope these serve you. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you back here next week as we all pursue our biggest, brightest lives together.